Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, never mind. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, forget it. Just forget it. I don't even care. Whatever. I'm in a positive mood. And as a result of that, and as a result of that, I have come, I have returned again to record myself here here on this bright sunny day the sun it's hard to tell what weather would be related to what i'm saying at all if the weather that would be related to it is just weather that's going on around me at the time that i record it uh it's sunny outside it's sunny just like my demeanor and i have a very vitamin c lifestyle and oh well no apologies i'm very excited and bubbly and enthusiastic no apologies you got to be brain dead to not recognize my enthusiasm so take that at face value I've come back again to deliver on the formula that I keep attempting to deliver on, which is the formula, I mean, if you have a formula, then I guess you have a theme, right? You have a formula, you have a theme. Like, that's more related to rhetoric. Rhetoric is more related to a formula that you would have. I'm going to turn off my phone. Yeah, silent mode. Um... Rhetoric formula, a formula that you have is more related to rhetoric that you'd have because your rhetoric is kind of, is somewhat formulaic because it reuses the same motifs that you have, a, that you've been attempting to use in the past. Like it gives you an identity to use the same rhetoric or to call yourself the same thing over and over again. Um, there's this YouTube channel that I started watching just as a result of it circulating through my feed. The YouTube channel is called Jamari, and it's pretty new as far as it being main, as far as it being in front of people's eyes at all, like in, as far as it being popular. But it's just this guy that, it's just another one of those YouTube channels where they are trying to cancel whoever else. It's just a guy that shits on other people in pop culture basically to try to cancel them that and he's doing it at the at his own expense because like if you're a person that just tears down other people in pop culture you're kind of challenging other people to cancel you also so there's a like cancel culture is just this giant competition among if you talk about it in terms of youtube personalities that are uh, like there's a ton of them that are people in their 20s that just say a lot of mean things about other about celebrities people who have gotten fame in some way but they they can do that for other youtube channels too like it's just this big cancel fest but you try to not get canceled and you can't like it's just one of these channels that all of its content is aimed at canceling other people really because he'll his video will be oh this is the creepiest rapper in the world when it's like some uh that video was about hoodie jones some rapper that was popular named hoodie something allen hoodie allen yeah 
some rapper that was popular five years ago named Hoodie Allen, but he made a video saying, oh, that guy's actually a creep and shitty and nobody he should have no fame or popularity he should be canceled so this jamari youtube channel makes content like that and he has his own rhetoric his own themes like to coincide with a brand that he's trying to develop so that he has a so he has an explainable position in the world that he can monetize because you can't monetize it if you're not if you don't have a specific position, like if you have no product, you can't monetize anything. And um, part of you having a product overall, like you having a brand, is that you is that you is that you make it so that people know who you are. You have to have a product so that you can monetize it. But so. This YouTube channel is fine. This guy that does it is fine. It's just one guy, and he calls himself Jamari. And he gives himself the nickname the Tan Superman. And he's like, this is your boy, the Tan Superman, signing out. And he says stuff like that. And like, as far as I'm concerned, this guy is doing fine with his YouTube channel. You know, I appreciate his attempts to brand himself and that kind of thing. Um, but the only thing for me is that, that he calls himself the tan Superman. Um, and he's mixed, it looks like. So it's not like he's white and, uh, trying to appear tan positionally. Um, but it's just that he calls himself that definitely would rub people the wrong way. And some of that... What I'm saying is that some of that is really lost on me, um, where I don't under where I don't like it, because I don't like people's attempt at branding like that, uh, because it's because I don't think that you need to, really that you call yourself the tan Superman. Just I mean stuff like that that you brand that you have rhetoric for gives people grounds to make fun of you which is why I would say like oh you don't want to go in that direction but you have to be able to endure some amount of criticism you have to have you have to have rhetoric that's specific to you so that's like part of his rhetoric because that's a motif that he keeps circulating over and over again but in my opinion you call yourself the tan superman like uh something like that you could work out of your youtube channel and your style your persona because i don't think you'd want to keep that up i would get really tired of having to call myself that when it sounds so stupid uh like there are some things as far as branding decisions are concerned as long as everybody's in the game of branding themselves which is really the game that everybody's in just by having social media and uh putting out content that you get likes for and whatever i mean if like it seems like we are heading for a world that's just more spoken entirely through the internet. So everybody is sort of branding themselves to some degree. And there are some things like that, like calling yourself the tan Superman. <laughs> that, so I want this guy canceled. Like I'm no different. I'm, I shit on people for the decisions they make too. And, they like I wouldn't call myself that because it would be exhausting you've got to help yourself out and not 
put something like that on you that you have to carry the load of your entire persona because like that's part of your youtube channel you can't really you have to own that's what's so difficult about it is you have to own the things that you're saying are permanences about your about the entire experience of somebody being on your channel or being on your or just listening to your podcast. So it's like I have a similar thing going. I don't commit to it as much because mine is a podcast that I very minimally advertise. Uh, because because you, as a reflection of how much exposure that I actually want. When I feel I want more exposure, I will attempt to advertise it. I will give a better effort towards advertising it because I'm not a moron. I know what you would, what it would take to advertise things. Um, but it's just you, you have a ceiling for your, for the kind of audience you're going to get based on who you are. If I'm a kind of person that doesn't attempt to get a lot of exposure, like that's a, that's a ceiling on how many people I will be able to attract on my podcast that is reflective of my personality like oh, i'm just kind of want to be more low-key about it so i just flash a banner on instagram every once in a while and that's like but it it grows even though i don't advertise it very much in my mind i kind of want to be as lazy as possible because you also have to also part of the reason is just i'm lazy that i don't try to market it very more very much often uh, but like, I also have this position that I try to, I try to attract people to my brand, but you would see that I'm not somebody who enjoys the, enjoys commitments like that because my identity, my podcast is called identity, which would just include for anything, which is like a pass as far as, uh, trying to incorporate anything permanent into what my social media footprint brand is what my social media brand is you know and otherwise my social media like not i don't contribute to it very often which is also it's also reflective of the personality of somebody who just is trying to remain low-key um but the audience grows as long as i put out an episode i i feel in my laziness sometimes that the only advertising you have to do is just keep putting out content that's decent and then eventually people will get around to it as long as you put out consistent content. And I also feel as though uh, brands are overrated to some extent, which is like, oh my God, you can't say something like that <laughs> because, uh, because a brand isn't overrated brand is what it's all has to be about your brand like mcdonald's part of their brand is just the way that their store smells the way that mcdonald's smells like the way that their fries smell it kind of hooks you in to some degree but uh, not that anybody ever goes into a mcdonald's anymore you can kind of smell it by the drive-through uh, but that's part of their brand like their brand is everything every product that mcdonald's produces comprises their brand but it's more so than just the products it's like the smell of their restaurant and the symbolism it's the collection of symbols related to mcdonald's that comprises their brand like the m 
the golden arches and you calling it the golden arches that's like that's another symbol that you can just tie to their logo but their whatever their motto is and whatever whatever their public perception is the way that they've been able to position themselves in your mind as the, as the consumer is uh i mean that's just going to indicate how that's going to result how successful they are at painting a positive picture of themselves is going to determine what kind of success they're going to have and so they have a brand no doubt about it and that should be enough uh i think i'm just gonna have i think maybe my podcast should just be called brand or something maybe that's the next one i do it's just called brand brand and then uh then you just have motifs for what is a brand I love it, brand, because uh, that's all that it is, I guess, once you understand it at the level of brand. It's just brand is such a buzzword nowadays uh, because everybody knows that that is the best way of looking at your entire business and what you're supposed to do to help it succeed is to understand that the audience or the consumer is not accepting a product, they're accepting a brand. Ooh, aren't we all smart for understanding that but it's just a realization that society has come to where they know to they know to distinguish it as a brand that it's like the collection of all things associated with it that makes you go to mcdonald's because like mcdonald's the way that their fries smell and then subsequently the way that they taste is something that like on a low level attracts you to their restaurant or like would make you go back there like uh the idea of a brand as it relates to mcdonald's is like you're capturing the intangible idea like whatever it is that makes somebody come back to the restaurant is pretty intangible you can't really describe that it's like a it's not because of a big mac it's because of mcdonald's it's like it's not because of a Big Mac. But the Big Mac is such an important motif to them. It's one of their central motifs. But you have, like, I do have my own rhetoric. I do have an identity specific to me just because, just if I am the only one talking, that I'm the only one who sounds like myself. Uh, you can, you can definitely, it's easy, it's easy for you to sound like other people. But so that, that goes to show that your originality is an important part of you building a brand. Like, I guess I'm of the belief that you don't need to, you don't need to go so hard on a tan Superman moniker because you can, you can let your originality speak for itself. If you really just are original with what you're saying, then that gives you significance and value over your competitors enough that you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to associate the entire thing as a brand. Like uh, if you're original enough, your originality would speak for itself. But your originality is what gives you value. So in some cases, you sell out. But like you sell out to call yourself something like Tan Superman. Uh, it just sounds dumb. Where where otherwise this guy is pretty smooth in the way he deals with his deals his youtube channel the way he relates to the audience whatever he's pretty good he's pretty cool about everything else it's 
it's just really my one problem with it is that he calls himself the tan superman but it's okay for it's okay to have one thing wrong it's just that you have to hold to that and in this day and age where it is cancel culture you putting yourself out there is you attracting other people to try to cancel you because you are like you're somebody who's publicly making statements against somebody else to uh to influence people to cancel them but you're not really you're not really one of the lemmings that's out there like in comment sections doing something for like low risk doing things to just cancel people like comment section people are going to try to cancel you but there's like people on twitter that just tweet things where they can't it's easy it's easy for anybody to make fun of any video content that you make because there is something wrong with it according to somebody so it's easy to go to a youtube comment section and then shit on there someone something that somebody produced because inevitably there's something about it that doesn't match up across every single human being that makes it that like it's universally true so it's easy to make fun of anybody for any video that they make and so in my opinion a more low quality kind of person is like his person who cancels in youtube comment sections and like as long as you're participating in the game of canceling you might as well be making content that is uh more in the future like more influential like content that aims to influence people like that should, that's of higher quality especially if it's done the right way um because personalities like personas are always rising and falling the same way that fortune 500 companies do like the star or celebrity of a person even if it's uh, all the people that are now celebrities through their youtube channel those are all those personas are all rising and falling and they're falling in part because they're like you become an outdated technology and somebody replaces you but that's what happens when you don't when your originality is not interesting to people like you kind of have to be in this day and age you didn't get your fame just because you either slept with somebody or you got lucky or you uh just made the most sacrifices like we're closer we're closer in this day and age to recognizing people who are actually deserving of fame maybe uh because i feel like there's yeah maybe it's just that no, there's tons of there's tons of barriers to it, and there's lots of people that YouTube and Twitter and Google don't like that they're going to they're going to hinder their voices, and there's lots of people that are original that are just misunderstood. Um, I guess I'm saying like maybe it's true that there's less luck involved in being noticed now because, um, in the way that all ESPN analysts are just kind of at the level of youtube personalities in their ability to comment on sports like you're everybody has the ability to comment on sports now so that's not uh the competition isn't restricted for people and so you would think that that environment would cause for the best analysts to rise above everybody else because through youtube is just uh is a more democratic system than we would have ever had before since everybody in the, these avenues like sports analysis are getting famous through youtube or through just views and likes for their either their podcast or their youtube channel like it's just a 
it's more just a game of popularity where everybody is on display now than it used to be. So I'd say luck is more out of the equation as far as your ability to become popular because because you're seen alongside everybody else in what you're putting out there. Unless you're um, unless it's the case that because YouTube definitely does a lot to it doesn't help newer channels, I wouldn't say, kind of the same way that our economic climate, it doesn't help um, small businesses. Like, it's a very similar thing. YouTube being big social media, like a big social media platform, is the same thing as a big corporation that stifles small business by um, already owning so much percent of the market. Like it's hard to start small businesses. Small businesses can't get the exposure of the bigger companies that are already crushing them underfoot, you know. And besides that, the system is set up such that smaller businesses have all these regulations that they have to get through. So you really have to have a transcendent product or idea in order to be long-term successful or have the upward mobility to transition to become a large company like it's difficult it's very difficult to do that as a small business because of the amount of regulations that are put on you like you're losing money all the time you open up a small business if you open up a small youtube channel um the the economic climate of youtube doesn't really help you out because there's all like the bigger companies already get all of the exposure and all the ads and youtube is already monetizing them like the system isn't set up for you to get exposure so it, like it's difficult for you to start a youtube channel the same way it is for you to start a small business um because really there's like a whole economy in something as big as YouTube, like there's a whole economy, especially if you extend it out to past YouTube, just to any social media platform, like the economy um, or just the environment where everybody's interacting through social media, that there's like a competition within that entire thing is a really, uh, I mean, really complex really complex climate and there's a lot of factors that would go into you rising or falling within it as long as it's a giant competition but if you extend it you say that the entire thing is just social media and that it, like everybody's trying to be popular in social media um that's just the hierarchy that exists within the individual that is social media itself like social media and you could look at that hierarchy as existing within youtube if you're just going to say first place on YouTube is the person with the most subscribers and most views, like there's, then you would see that there's a giant hierarchy carrying out within the individual that is YouTube because a hierarchy carries out within an individual, but it's like the, it's like the undefinable aspect of the individual, like the within of it speaks to its like its subjective nature, but the first place of a hierarchy is the most undefinable, but that carries out like within a thing, within an individual. But uh, so my rhetoric, like if I have rhetoric, I do have rhetoric, like there's things that I say more often than other things. Like there's points of reference that I circulate out enough times that you see them. Like rhetoric, if I bring up the same point again and again, that is a frequency that you can determined to be coming in your direction from me that's a frequency or a consistency that you can determine or that you can discern or that you're cognizant of 
the frequency that I'm doing. But those kind of frequencies are necessary. Like that's that's where you'd say I have an identity. And it's true that I have an identity because I have things like rhetoric, but I have frequencies where you're like, oh, he's done that before. It's a consistency. If you can interpret a consistency in somebody else, you can interpret an identity that they have, which is um, which is important important for this day and age, but important for an era in humanity that's very characterized by consciousness. And by consciousness, I mean just characterized by formula, formulaicness, formulation, and formulas and products, especially in America. America, you being able to discern a consistency in somebody else is probably more important in America than any other country. Maybe it's the case that identities are more important in America than in any other country because our dependence on products, but because we produce the most, because we have the greatest gross domestic product. So we produce the most, which you can indicated by we have the greatest gross domestic product. We're the richest country in the world. We have a stronger relationship with money than any other country in the world. Let me try to collect everything that I'm saying like that I would say, because it'd be confusing that I'm saying an identity is like a product. Um, an identity is like a product because of the mass production elements of all the things that we produce in America. As long as you're saying we're the, we have the highest gross domestic product ever. I know that the, like the stereotype is that all of our shit is just from China and Japan. Like they produce all of it. But to the extent that we're trying to determine who produces the most, that's who, who produces the most, that's still America. America invents the most new things. Like maybe we don't, Maybe we have so many things that were made in Taiwan because those are just knickknacks that we don't really care about. Like America is typically is inventing something new all the time. Like we invent the most things. We always have the most ideas. Like all, like those in, those shows on network television about America's next great inventor um, or like Shark Tank or something. Uh, they're all, those are always, they're pretty much always Americans like that have some have some weirdo idea that they're like trying to find a market for but uh just like america historically is who invents the most things and so maybe we're not concerned with like shitty knickknacks that somebody we can outsource to somebody else for them to mass produce for the world but um i say so america is the most concerned with products and like mass production of mass production of things, but you're, um, and concerned with identities, maybe more so than any other country, regardless of if that's an, a more an American thing, you determining a consistency in somebody else is determining an identity in them, like determining a frequency. You get to speak to what their frequency is. Um, I think it is understood whether or not anybody would verbalize it this way that every entity, every person around you has a frequency. Like everybody has a frequency and their frequency is what determines what they are. But you're ultimately your frequency, you can say that it's just you as yourself because you as yourself will carry out consistently in a certain number of areas that distinguish you from other people. Like you have sets of consistencies that are different from other people's sets of consistencies that are 
reflective of who you are, and it's your sets of consistencies that distinguish you as an individual. I would say that you can wrap up all of that just into the word frequency, like a person has a frequency. Uh, people have frequencies that determine what they are like what you like the most is what you do the most like if you have lots if you have um if you have bud light in your apartment all the time like that's a motif or a consistency that other people can interpret in you that distinguishes you from other people now then there's things like that that make you more common because it's like lots of people have bud light in their fridge but you you also have like oh maybe you're mail piles up the most you always have stacks of mail in your apartment that's another like your flaws also distinguish you but it's only you have tons of things like those that are frequencies that they're basically all wrapped up like in a single frequency which is you yourself like what you do because you encompass all of those consistent sets of behavior behaviors they comprehensively they are wrapped up in you because they are the actions that you commit so comprehensively you have one frequency and what people need to do is determine a frequency in you because otherwise you are like a lunatic but it's really the case that everybody is a frequency already like everybody Everybody is already a person. They have sets of frequencies. It's just that there are some people that are not good at communicating their consistencies to other people. And so other people have trouble finding any level of consistency in them and then label them to be lunatics, which is essentially them labeling them to not have a frequency because that, because a per, because they might have no discernible frequency to the outside world or set of patterns that they do. And those people are more outcasts of society than other people are people that uh, don't display consistent behavior, but like those people are outcasts. It's in in a lot of cases, people that are outcasts. It's just the case that they are not good at explaining their consistencies, or that their consistencies just don't match with consistencies of the world, or that the consistencies of the world is willing to accept. And yeah, like some people that just do a bad job of explaining themselves, and then therefore end up more random like aren't saying aren't sharing what's true about themselves and then therefore um go off in lots of different directions and aren't able to communicate truth of themselves because it's what you inevitably end up doing that like people can see like something like mail piles up in your apartment that you're not trying to do is is truth about you like uh, mistakes, for example, are really true. A mistake that you commit is definitely a truism about you because it's something you weren't trying to do. In some ways, uh, in a world that's like characterized by falseness so much, you like it's one of the only ways to determine truth in another person is like the honest mistakes that they make. But uh, so your flaws are just indicative of who you are because you you like end up doing them anyway like i'm kind of forgetful i forget lots of things and uh people could see that in me it determined me to be a forgetful person like that's an identity that i have because an identity is dependent on a dependent on a consistency but is like a label that somebody is allowed to give to you once they see you to be something but People need to give those labels to you because we live in a world that's characterized by consciousness instead of unconsciousness, where consciousness is uh, 
um, where consciousness is characterized by like formulas or easily presentable, easily presentable pieces of information or stories like an easily presentable story is more easily digestible to people like in an america that's more impulsive and just buys whatever they want they don't have the patience to digest the attitudes of a person that appears more random and um that appears more random and inconsistent because they don't understand what goes into that person's identity so like the more lazy impulsive and impatient you are as a culture is the more that you need somebody to be put into a box because you need to move on with your life because there's other things like people are always moving on to the next thing and fear of missing out that you are uh, missing out on things as you speak and that you have to accomplish things because everybody's accomplishing things like the information age makes it so that everybody has this fear of missing out even though that's like an idiom at this point fear of missing out like information age is what causes fear of missing out because everybody knows that there's all this information to be gained about everything all the time like and so like sleeping even seems like a waste of time because you're not doing anything during that period of time you have the ability to do all these different kinds of things based on your capabilities through the internet and so like sleeping uh seems like a waste of time you know more so than it used to like um even though so you might be more likely to just stay up on your phone gathering information but like people just feel in a competitive environment all the time based on that there's so much to be gained through social media because you're like what you because you can put out content about yourself instantly like you should be putting out content about yourself right now you should be selling yourself right now like it's like that competitive environment causes people to think they should be selling themselves all the time like there's money to be made and uh i think america has a bigger problem with that than other countries i think america is definitely more involved with all their social medias more than other countries um so yeah like if you don't if you're not successful at communicating your identity because that's the way that you need to do it really that's your compromise like that's your that's the plane on which you get to communicate your frequencies um, is through an identity. Uh, identity is where you can meet other people where you're where you are at. Like in reality, you don't in reality, you are better than an identity, but people need to recognize a sameness like that people need to recognize where an identity is directly translated as a sameness from the Latin. Like people need to see a sameness in you. They need a label to give you wherein you are the same as everybody else with that label. Like that is a relatively less intelligent way of understanding a person is seeing them through an identity because like more intelligently they are just the person um, or really just a specific like frequency. But uh, you... Like in reality, that's the way that it is. It's just that the reality that we live in, however, needs you to present yourself as an identity so that we can determine you to be in reality. Because if a person is totally random, the rest of society will deem that person to not exist in reality. But like, 
uh, beyond the beyond the culture that we live in, like that person exists in reality no matter what. It's just that if they can't communicate themselves successfully through identities, which is the medium in which we're supposed to do that sort of thing nowadays, uh, then they will be labeled a lunatic, but essentially labeled to be existing without society and without like outside of reality. Um, cause identity is the plane on which you get to meet other people where they're at, like on which you get to be relatable. But it's like, um, I'm saying that that is a problem and that's a problem. Ultimately, it's not a problem f for now because that's just what everybody does. Everybody has to have an identity, but I'm saying like identities are false because there's a, there's more intelligent ways of looking at it. But, um, but maybe America indulges in identities more. They need that more just because of their relationship to products or like, uh, mass production or samenesses because, um, because like if you, if you, um, let me explain what I'm saying. If you go to Gavin McInnes and Gavin McInnes, the like the founder of the Proud Boys, it's a it's a specific movement. Um, basically, that guy has a single product that he sells to people, and you could become a Proud Boy, meaning that you like join that organization. Um, but that is a that is a formula that you're deciding is best for your life like that's a more high risk product that you buy because in, in a lot of ways it's supposed to apply to your entire life like it's if you do that for a movement if you buy the product that is a movement but like his movement is called like his movement is called the proud boys and you might join the you might join the Proud Boys if you're looking for an identity, you know, like you, if you're looking for an identity or a way to communicate yourself, um, you might look for a movement to join. Uh, if you need to, if you need to be better at communicating who you are, you might, you would study, like if you joined the Proud Boys, you would have probably studied a number of movements and then you're like, oh, this is the best one or it just speaks to you the most or like Gavin McInnes's message is most important to you. But if you join that organization, you, um, you come out the other side as a Proud Boy, but it's like, uh, it's like an authority that you're an authority that you're giving away to Gavin McInnes and the Proud Boys. You're giving away some of your right for authority or your right to just dictate your own identity as you are. Because the more that you give away your authority to specific identities is the more that you is the more that you depend on identity itself and don't say that like, well, whatever actions you as yourself would just be committing, um, you say that they aren't good enough the more that you give your authority away to like movements and that kind of thing. Um, and so what you do when you join the Proud Boys is like you receive, the Proud Boys is like a firm that mass produces, uh, a mass produces a product. And what you go when you, what you do when you join them is you get a, you get a, um, belief set of beliefs package that, uh, the Proud Boys as a firm has formulated for you because they have a specific product that's different from the products of all these other movements. And when you when you join the Proud Boys, you come out the other end 
as a proud boy, but you come out the same as everybody else who is a proud boy, the same way an identity is a sameness. Your identity in that instance becomes such a stupid example, the proud boys. But I wanted to use the example for, um, for Black Lives Matter, really, because I was explaining in the last one, it's like Black Lives Matter is a product, but it's a, it's a product the same way other movements provide you a product. Like everybody who really looks to Black Lives Matter for guidance in their life, like people that really give a lot of themselves away to it or say like that movement is the most vitally important one. Like if that's a movement you put at the top of your list of like things to believe in, um, if you join Black Lives Matter, basically you, in a lot of cases, you're like a white person that believes that you are racist and so you're trying to take care of your own racism problem because a lot of the people that give lots of power to black lives matter are like i'd say a lot of them are liberal but i'm not going to use liberal as the way to way to describe it i'd say a lot of them are white people that have been influenced by the media to think that they are racist to the point that they can't account for any of their racist actions like the people that give lots of power to black lives matter or join black lives matter think that they're being racist all the time because the media has sold them on the idea that systemic racism is so rampant that you as a white person don't even know what you're doing like that that all the decisions you make are inherently racist so why people in the world believe that they're racist and then they join Black Lives Matter so that they can take care of their racism problem uh, because the product that Black Lives Matter offers you is a um, is a formulated package like a formulated product process set of dealing with your life that uh, takes care of your racism problem but that makes it so that you're not racist because if you join Black Lives Matter all that you have to do is call on the name of Black Lives Matter and then you you're like oh I'm not a racist because I take part in this organization obviously like I've tied myself with this organization I'm the same as everybody with it and um, because of that I don't have to deal uh, I don't have to worry about the authority associated with my own decisions that authority goes to um, Black Lives Matter because you because you have a you get a racist like I'm not a racist package and you get the same package that everybody else gets when you go to the firm Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter has formulated for you a way of dealing with this racism problem and it's the same way of way of dealing with it that they give to every single other person that joins their organization or like uh, whatever says that that's like the most powerful thing like black lives matter they have they have automated the process by smoothing the entire thing over and really just defining black people to do one thing because your product in that case is just that well black lives matter and so black lives are only going to be doing one thing it takes the entire uh like it takes uncertainty entirely out of the process for you with regard to the lives of black people because it filters them all all black lives through just mattering and so that is all that you ever have to associate black people with the more that you just subscribed the black lives matter package for life um because so it's like people that think that they're racist that are trying to deal with their racism problem and so it's mostly just for 
like if you're going to say you're racist, like we'll take you at your word. It's mostly for racists that think that they are that that are worried about their levels of racism and so need to need to format it to something even and consistent so that they don't have to worry about the decisions that they're making in the world. It's people that it's people that need somebody else to account for all of their decisions. And so they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not racist. Actually, I'm 100% not racist because I did the black lives matter thing. Like it makes you 100% not racist. And also you joining, it makes it so that it is like a, everybody outside of it is totally racist, but you're not racist. You took care of your problem. You're not racist. If you join black lives matter, exactly 100% not. And because that's the product that they offer you, but that's the product that's offered to you with with any one of these formulas. But but like in the case of a bunch of people joining a movement, it makes it makes all the people the same product in the eyes of the movement. It it smooths it smooths out differences person to person. Um, as long as all people are regarded as being in the same movement. But that is what an identity is, is a sameness across the board. So that if you are so that if you are a Buddhist, you are the same as all other Buddhists. As long as you're as long as you are holding to the standards of Buddhism, like the restrictions put on you that make you part of that identity. Because having an identity is a compromise wherein you have to go by a certain set of guidelines and principles in order to have that identity and like that's a sacrifice you make but you you do that to be the same as everybody else to to some degree and so like if it's a if it's a case of a bunch of people joining a movement um it's like it's different than if a product like Ford is mass producing the same truck or automating that because in this case it is people that are all made to be the exact same uh, in the eyes of the movement like the movement is a machine that makes them all to be the exact same way so it's like the it's like the uh, we don't need no education by Pink Floyd music video where all the kids are falling into like a meat grinder and then they're coming out the other side as the same mass-produced automated thing but that's what that that's what the critique of that video is uh it's just a critique on it's a critique on the way that the system tries to format everybody to be the same thing so that people don't have the ability to make creative inferences about things and um speak those into existence so that the so that the system gets undone in some way because if people are out there just being creative and not not being made the same or having their differences smoothed over in the name of an identity, then they have the capacity to be different from all the other messages that are out there and um, stir up things with the different messages that they say. And, and so your... Um, like formulas exist like that because because America is so dependent on all the things that they that they produce but you can like the same idea is just that America is the pill popper of the world like the pill popping country if there if there was one because we we pop the most pills of any country that there is like a dependency on pills is the same as you like uh, is the same is is a formula for you like a pill is a formula for you 
uh, it's literally a chemical formula that a pharmaceutical company has constructed like they did the chemistry of to make this product that's a pill that they can give to you. And that's a formula that fixes your life to some degree by uh, sending you through the same set of actions and behaviors that everybody else goes through when they take the same pill, as long as it's a formula that's given to everybody. Like uh, America deals in that more than any other country. The same with counseling. Like uh, we that you go and see a counselor uh, or a psychiatrist, whatever psychiatrist you see has a formula that they give to everybody that sees them. They have a formula, but that is uh, that is representative of what their authority is anyway. Like if you're not, if you're going to outsource your authority to make decisions on your own to a psychiatrist, that's you saying that they have the authority that um that they have the authority to tell like and they do they do have the authority to do that because they have a formula that works for everybody now if we if we continue to go towards an age that has more information like it kind of renders psychiatry irrelevant to some degree because all the messages from psychiatrists that they that is like sort of secret because they're elite in some way in order to make money off of their messages is a psychiatrist um, because they have the, they have the secret formula that you do not have that's going to help out your life because a psychiatrist, a successful one, really the more success, successful they are is the more consistent their formula is because they're giving generally the same formula to everybody that walks through their door. Now, they meet different people where they're at, and probably the better you are as a psychiatrist is the better you are at tailoring your formula to each individual person. But ultimately, you have a formula, which is what allows you to consistently do what you do, which is like the reason you would have success doing it at all is because you have a consistent message that you know works, like that would work across lots of people. Because if you didn't have a message as a psychiatrist that worked across lots of people, then you would be failing like however much, like if you only had one, a message that worked for 50% of the people, you'd be automatically failing 50% of the time. You already need a message that applies to everybody. Therefore, you need this formula that speaks to the truths of humanity more relatively truthfully than humanity is able to come with come up with in and of themselves. So you need as a psychiatrist like a formula or a product that you give to every single person that comes through your door. And what you tell them is a certain set of truisms that is going to be helpful to them and uh, help them be not anxious anymore or not have PTSD or help them, help, help them out with their bipolar disorder or whatever. And like those are all good things. Um, but like that is what... That is what you that is what you do when you're not because in some cases it's more than like because you wouldn't want to be as negative about it that you would say that oh it's like you're giving away yourself or your right to do anything by listening to somebody else like it, you just have to listen to other people for lots of things like the world as it stands now carries on inevitably with this relationship to identities um 
Because that's the whole point of authority is that there's like a school that you can go to. You can get a degree in psychiatry and in that degree they have this formulated message that you give to people. Like there's schools that you go to for this is the reason why anybody would have an, be able to be an authority on psychiatry and make money off of it is because it is a product that they, that they boiled it down to a few things that they can give to people. Like you go to school, the degrees that you get are um, formulated ways of uh, teaching to people what they can use to make make money eventually. Like the same with mathematics or science. Like math, if you get a degree in math and then you become a math professor, all the classes that you take are a formulated version of mathematics that the authorities on math have deemed to be the importances of mathematics. But like it's a but when you become a professor, you're going to teach those same things because they are, because it's the same formula. Like everybody gets taught calculus no matter what, so that they can then teach calculus if that's what they're going to go on and do later in their life. And so, like, it's always a formula and it's always a product as long as as long as you're looking to some authority for something. But like that doesn't mean that you, in an authority position don't have the opportunity to then be creative within it, but it's kind of like the more you're successfully creative, you tailor your message to individual people is the more you're, uh, is the more that you're helping the world, like some more help because you can be creative in an authority position too. Um, like it would be, you don't, you don't kill authority. You don't get angry at authority. But if you look to authority for something, they have like they have a product that they are that they are giving to you. And um, so it's like in Bring It On when the cheerleaders, when Kirsten Dunst goes to the choreographer that uh, is supposed to help them out. Like it's basically a choreogra- choreographer firm. And as it turns out, he's been peddling that act all up and down the West Coast. And so when they go to their cheer competition and bring it on, uh, there is another cheer squad with the same routine as them. And so this choreographer has been giving the same routine to everybody that walked through his door because he's a firm that does that. Like he's an industry, he's a production, dance production professional. Um, and so what, what Kirsten Dunst did was she gave the creativity over to this guy and then he smoothed over any creative difference that she might have had in and of herself to uh produce the same routine that he had given to all these other people like he made the creative differences of all these cheering squads the exact same through his product and um like that's what happens with that's what happens with any firm or any anything like any counseling service like they're going to give you the same thing as long as they're able to offer you a product and so, like, America has this dependency on all these things that are products that take away from their creativity. Like, you can definitely look to other people for authority, but if you do it for every area in your life, it's just going to leave you uh, totally unhappy. Like, America, when other people come to America, they're weirded out as shit about America's commercials that they have for pills you can buy, like Zeljans or... Uh, uh, Claritin, whatever, anything. All these pills that have commercials that you can ask your doctor about. Like, people are weirded out 
from other countries that we have that going on. But it just speaks to our relationship to pills in this country is one where we are constantly looking for pills that can take away our sadness because you can because you give your sadness to a pill like that. I'm not gonna say I'm not saying that there aren't people with problems that need to look to pills for things, but we do we do diagnose kids with ADD about four times the rate here than we do in any other country, and that's like um, that's a bunch of parents that want to give the authority of taking care of their children over to a pill, uh, so that the pill smooths over all the creative differences of the kids into the same easily definable containable product like that smooths over the differences of children so that the kids are easier to take care of easier to manage and they're easier to manage when ADD when Adderall the Adderall pills that they take for ADD is going to spit out the same kid over and over again because every kid is under the influence of the same chemical formula because a pill is a formula literally like a specific chemical formula where in chemistry you have the ability to produce infinite mixtures of formulas that produce a compound you can like create any compound possible but if you're making a bunch of kids be under the influence of a specific compound um the results of that compound are gonna like you can see the evidence of that pretty easily over time like it's going to produce predictable results for you as long as as long as it's always the same formula that they're under then you can you can manage the results of that formula pretty easily and so that's one way in which we format we formulate every child to be the same thing as long as they're a child that we say has ADD but like that's the identity that you give them they come out the other side as ADD, like they come out the other side, they're in person with ADD, that is their identity, that is the sameness that makes them the same as every per other person, and like basically they're just a mass-produced uh, thing, like they're a replication of everybody else that is ADD, and there are all, the, all of those identities and formulations that we have in America that, that do that, where they smooth out the differences between people so that people are easily contained so we don't have to deal with people's differences and life is easier for us because we're impatient and impulsive we're too impatient and impulsive to deal with kids that are going to be in and of themselves too rambunctious and break things and be tough to deal with you can take away some of the difficulty of dealing with dealing with your children if you give the authority of dealing with your children away to a pill like where you um because you might be on the market for uh, for authority especially if you're the kind of person that doesn't feel allowed to make authoritative decisions on your own which is somebody like i am um like me dealing with my dog, I always feel like I'm not allowed to authoritatively tell him to do things because maybe I'm just a person like I have difficulty being authoritative or like enacting. But to me, it feels like you're not even allowed to say because it's difficult to be an authority figure um, and for some people more than others. And it's difficult to be an authority figure because the decisions you make for your child or for your dog are um they they apply to them when you know that your child or dog doesn't know 
why you're even making the decision. And so you are stifling the creativity of your child or dog. <laughs> like, uh, like you're stifling, as far as I'm able to say that having a dog is like having a kid. Because it is, a lot of people would say that. A lot, like everybody would say, I'm a dad. And they're like, you're his, you're his dad. Um, so yeah, so I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to speak on that. I would say, I'd say I'm allowed to speak on it because when you make authoritative decisions, you don't know the effect that that decision is having because basically you are, you have to do that too. You have to format your kids in certain ways wherein you take their, take away their creativity. So in that way, authority is inevitable. It's just that you might be a kind of person that feels like you're not allowed to make authoritative decisions. And so you are then in the market to buy some authority that you can give away to somebody else. Like you might be on the market to, uh, to try to decide between other people's versions of authorities so that you can buy those products and then apply them to your kids like so that you so that there's a set of behaviors that somebody else has that's deciding the way that your kids live your life their life rather than that you had to make that decision on your own uh, so you might be on the market to buy an authority package from a movement or something like that and uh and so that would be easy to do. Like there, I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing necessarily because you just, that's just what happens. That's just what happens. Everybody's on the market to buy authority packages from different movements so that they can smooth out some of the more uncertain areas of their life. And everybody takes part in those to some extent. Like everybody takes part in identities to some extent, no matter what. It's just that... America maybe overindulges in these things like chemical formulas that apply to everybody so that it produces predictable results in a person. Like the erratic behavior of people is smoothed over through through formulation, um, through yeah, through formulation, through guidelines given to you, and so. And so it's easy to go. It would be easy, in my opinion, to go the route of forcing your kid through the filter of ADD so that they are so that their erratic behavior is cut down on more and you don't have to deal as much with it and deal as much with the uncertainty but like that is that's an unnatural thing if you ask me like it's it's an unnatural it's like consciousness is unnatural in that way because consciousness speaks to you um it's unnatural. Like if you look at a dog, a dog doesn't, dogs don't participate in these identities like with each other. They don't really form cliques, but they don't, more importantly, they don't aim to be, they don't aim to sell themselves as anything. It's just that you taking part in an identity is you selling yourself as something. Not that you're necessarily making money, but it is like the mobilization of a uh, mobilization of yourself so that you get to be relevant like sold and relevant in the world to other people like you have to you have to um mobilize you as a commodity like you have to get it out there so that people can see it and so you do that by explaining yourself through these mediums that are like through through identities where you get to be on the same plane as somebody else where it's like something that somebody else would understand because another person 
already does not understand who you are specifically because they don't have your mind. They don't have all the inclinations and motivations that make you what you are. Nobody is like anybody else, but through identities, they definitely are. I'm saying that it's unnatural to believe in to believe that people are the same as other people because they are not. They all have their own specific frequency. And that's just a whole argument in and of itself because there's lots of there's lots of people that believe more in authoritative philosophies that would say that no everybody is actually the same. But um, in my opinion, it is it's it's only unnatural the extent to which everybody is the same because everybody is actually different. The same way that every dog is different from every other dog, where dogs don't have to deal with identities and don't don't care about money. But America has a bigger problem with identities because America cares more about money or the selling of products because they produce the most. But your your producing environment where everybody has to sell more than everybody else so that they can brand themselves to be something or have the most valuable identity like that environment uh it will cause unhappiness to the extent that you think you have to be the be the identity that you're selling yourself through and i think america gets caught up thinking that they are the identity rather than that they are the person that is in actuality different from every other person um, and like you joining the Proud Boys is a, there's an initiation with the Proud Boys, which is like you, if you join, everybody beats you up or something, because one of their fundamental principles is that you have to get the shit beat out of you <laughs> to be a man. And, um, uh, so like that's an initiation that goes along with the identity, but every single identity has an initiation like that and it's like you doing the thing that is consistent with the identity or like doing the set of actions consistent with the identity like if you are like there's an initiation to actually having ADD which is like having a doctor diagnose you with it so that it transforms you over to that side really there's an initiation with any identity wherein you get transformed over to that identity but it's a transformation that causes you to be the same as everybody else with the with the identity and uh like every every identity everything works that way that has an initiation process where you transform like but it's like you sell you lose who you were originally to become an identity and and so I'm saying identity, the participation of it is is ultimately negative because identities are kind of like falsenesses that um, that that are superimposed over what would otherwise be a dynamic, adaptable, ever changing person, like that formats them into a sameness that's then easily explainable to other people and partially you take part in, in an identity so you can be explainable so you can be accepted by other people like your um like an initiation to become a man in a more primitive tribe like you might have to do something like get branded on your skin or uh i mean do something that's self-harm 
uh, you know, like that you have to bleed or something. Your initiation to become a man from being a child is like you you take on the identity of the tribe and then leave behind what you were. And uh, the sameness that you are is that you're like the same as all the men in the tribe. If it's like a becoming a man type of initiation, but then you're just you're just one with the tribe at that point, and then you carry out your activities for the good of the tribe. After that, like um, you learn the ways of becoming that. So when I use rhetoric, that makes me more identifiable, but like more able to be ridiculed because people can be like, oh, he always says this, like, and you can make fun of me for saying the same things over and over again. So if I'm not identifiable, if I'm not identifiable to anything, then, uh, but I'm saying you're inevitably identifiable just by being in the world, saying, saying lots of things consistently anyway, because it's like a... It's a consistency in and of itself. So you really don't have to, like, you really don't have to, in my opinion, sell out for monikers for either yourself or your audience in an attempt to brand yourself more or be more marketable. Not like uh, in this day and age, maybe you don't have to do that so much just as long as you know, because people understand you anyway. Uh, really, even if you're not as consistent as somebody else, the people know what you're saying. Um, but, but maybe like, you'll probably be better at selling yourself, making money off of merchandise. You're better at selling yourself. If you, if you capitalize off of the more producing aspects of having a brand or an, I, or, uh, identity, like you have more of a presence, the more that you utilize branding techniques like you have more of an identity when you do those and you can make money off of it because it is more a compartmentalized product that people can understand about you like and it is difficult to do those things because they are permanent like that guy calling him the tan it's like a tattoo the same way a tattoo is permanent and it's difficult to get a tattoo because you don't there's not really anything I think for a lot of people, there's not really anything that you would want to, that you like enough to just tattoo on yourself, but that's kind of the whole point of what separates somebody who gets tattoos from somebody who doesn't. So people who get tattoos are like, don't give a shit about the permanence of it, even though they know that what they're, what they're tattooing on themselves isn't like totally reflective of who they are. It's just a, it's just a permanence that they're committing to. It's like a, it's a mark of somebody who is able to commit to things or isn't worried about the permanence of things. And so it's like, so in that way, branding is really, um, it's important and it shows that you're more mature in, in some instances. Um, but you might be, you might not care so much about selling yourself and then you don't, you don't, capitalize off of branding techniques as much and so uh so like i have rhetoric and rhetoric is like things uh speaking points that i bring up time and time again like examples that i reiterate like my reiterations are um are gonna be specific to me but they point to who i am so that you know what i'm talking about so you like in order to get your message across better too you have to uh, you have to relate yourself in a consistent way. So people know another thing I talk about a lot, but, um, 
so it's important to have an identity. And uh, because you can't escape from, it's just that it is a it is a giant canceling competition. And so, like, as long as there's something to be gained through social media at all, uh, yeah, and not everybody would see it as a giant competition, but it is kind of like that no matter what. You do want to have more likes than somebody else with your Instagram photo. Like, you do want to have the most likes so that you're more popular. I guess, like, that's not important to everybody, though. Not everybody aims to be popular. But um, as long as there's something to be gained as a competition, then you then it is an environment that is people trying to boast that they are worth more than their competitors are worth more than people around them. Like it is always like that in one way of looking at it. It's like you trying to say that you have the best life or the best story and like that you have the best story and that your story, your identity is better than other people's stories. And Joe Rogan also presents a product for you. Like everybody really presents a product. I present a product too, like something that I'm selling. And I have statements that I make that it's like, you don't want to be, you don't want to be responsible to be guiding people in a certain direction. And it's like, I don't know the effect totally that the things I say have the same way that nobody does that is publicly declaring things or like, um, taking the effort to have a larger presence on social media. Like people don't know the exact way that they influence anybody as long as they're taking some sort of position of authority. But uh, like Joe Rogan also presents a product to you and he has a formula. He just has a different formula. He's going to say that, like he'll say that shrooms is what you, he's going to say that shrooms is your answer to life is like your formula where shrooms is a uh the psilocybin that gives you the profound effects the kind the likes of which that he's talking about is also a chemical compound of some kind and so he presents you a formula it's just that his is like shrooms he's saying that's what you would take to be happier like that you listen to a joe rogan set of motifs um set of consistencies on life that gives you a certain way of living too but like joe rogan is has a position in the world that is reiterated by all of his friends that explains that his story is better than everybody else's story and also that like you can't come up with you can't come up with what he's come up with because he has this position in the world the same way that a cnn would like cnn says tries to sell you on that it has collected all of these resources about um, like it has all of these resources in place so that it has the best system for gathering news that's important for you and that you should listen to them over other people because their their story on life ultimately is better than anybody else's story like uh, ultimately you have a public presence social media wise you're saying you have a better story like set of frequencies or identity that it's like a better example than other people's examples that you that audience members can learn from and so uh, everybody has a product that 
it's just some of them aren't as some of them are better than others because they're not as well defined some of them force you into more some of them force you into things more strictly so like joe rogan isn't uh you're not as strictly a joe rogan supporter you know you don't have to be formulated into a robot as much if you're just a listener of joe rogan because he doesn't expect you to be it he doesn't expect you to be a follower of his or anything like uh but he also presents a product for you like a formula that is presumably the best formula that you can take that is going to help you the most in life and so everybody all these people presenting products and formulas are saying that you can help your life out the best by hearing out my formula and my product and like that's what's going to help you the most it's just kind of weird when like currently um it's hard to it's hard to imagine physical success as much that like things that carry out in the world physically like opening up a business you know if the pandemic never goes away nobody's ever going to open up businesses too like don't just think about that current businesses are struggling think of what that does for the economic environment environment of anybody trying to open up a business you're not going to do that now and as long as the pandemic lasts, nobody's going to open up things. But as long as the pandemic lasts, you're not even think of, thinking of things in terms of what you can accomplish in the physical world. It's kind of like if you're going to open up a business at all anymore, and as long as the pandemic environment continues, you're just going to open up a website or like a set of ideas that people can listen to, or you're just going to start some creative like a podcast or a YouTube channel, if you're going to open up a business at all at this point. And so therefore it's like our, we're just becoming more and more detached from our physical existence and just getting sucked into the internet. And, uh, you can, you can allow that to happen more. The more that you say that the media has the authority to tell you to stay inside, like that you're not going to go outside that you're going to worry about that. The amount that the media tells you to worry about it is the more that you're just going to give power to a more detached from the physical world existence. But, um, so you can go out there and, but your brand and like McDonald's brand, McDonald's, McDonald's brand. I'll just, uh, maybe I'll save whatever I'd say about brand for another episode that I just call that I just title it brand. And, um, thanks for, thanks for it. Thanks for me being heard and thanks for me being heard via your ears and convert through your input output processes this line of speaking into something positive for yourself later on in life. I hope that what I said has some sort of positive impact for you and and I hope that I had, I hope I made a positive impact on what are you for you for what I said today. And thanks for all of that. And I will, I will talk to you all later. See you later. Bye.